0: Welcome to Dead House. I am Dylan. I am Nathan. And we've got quite the setup today. We are recording at yours again. And uh, we're sitting at opposite ends of a very long dining table.
1: Yes, we're uh, a royal family that uh, is very non-talkative. So we're just (laughs) going to eat our steak and potatoes from other ends of the table in silence. I feel
0: like we need a really long feast in the middle of this, like a (laughs) banquet and... uh, we just sit here in silence and you just hear the squeaking of the knives and forks. Like you said, this is the longest, uh, this is the furthest that we've sat away from each other when recording. I don't like it. I know. It's, <laughs> it's making me uncomfortable. We've got Alex playing games in the background.
1: Yes, she's behind me.
0: Catching up on some Hogwarts well, Legacy. This,
1: this is, so, this is our first live podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: first
1: with an audience of one.
0: Live and direct, coming at you two weeks from now. <laughs> Today, we are recording our 15th episode.
1: Fifteen already.
0: I think that's quite the accomplishment. Sure.
1: Yeah, I don't think we've ever done anything for fifteen episodes. (laughs) We
0: went from humble beginnings, uh, just recording little half-hour episodes with no direction, to uh, recording hour-long episodes with no
1: direction. (laughs) 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 Yeah, our skill hasn't changed. It's the time that you have to listen to us.
0: It is becoming. uh, It's been quite an enjoyable time, and uh, we're slowly accumulating listeners, which is good to see. We've uh, we mentioned a few um, a couple episodes ago, and uh, I think uh, some people at work and and um, people we know are helping spread the word. So appreciate it very much. That's it. That's it. Today we are going to be discussing the classic 1975 film Jaws.
1: Classic is an understatement. This is what it made the blockbuster.
0: I mean, this film was. Like, one of the first horrors that we each remember seeing, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I think it was probably the first, I don't know if I'd say creature feature, but, like, film to have a big animal as, like, the predator in it become a blockbuster hit.
1: Okay, I was going to say definitely not the first, because you got no. early ones like The Blob or Creature of the Black Lagoon. Yeah, but, but yeah. But, yeah, the first mainstream people mm. saw it and went, holy shit, let's everyone go watch this.
0: yeah. But yeah, so this was one of the first horrors we remember seeing and one of the first, I think, films I saw that genuinely scared me. Uh, but this was classified PG in America.
1: It was because they didn't have PG-13 yet.
0: Yeah, I think... Whatever, whatever that means
1: in Australian <laughs> terms. Yeah. That's like, is that like M?
0: Yeah, well, it's M over here. Um, hmm. I think initially they were going to rate it uh, whatever their classification above PG is, which I presume they have the same as I, us.
1: Yeah, you know, I think they just had PG... Straighter R. Oh, I think wow. okay because they don't have M A and they don't have M. Um, and and I th- they invented PG thirteen for movies like this. And I th- want to say Gremlins oh, was okay. one of the reasons that PG thirteen was invented because people okay. are like this can't be a PG th- like film.
0: Yeah, I think um, I remember watching uh, an interview with Spielberg, um, and he was kind of saying that they were going back and forth with the board about how you know, they really wanted to, to try and drop that rating to reach a wide audience. What could they do? Mm-hmm. And I think it was essentially just one scene where there was like a severed leg floating down to uh, the seabed yep. um, and they just cut like the length of that shot. So you only kind of see it for like a second or so. And then there was another scene where um, it was when the shark has like a victim in its jaws and is like swimming around with the person like thrashing about on the mm-hmm. surface, spewing blood like over this kid that he tried to grab and like rescue and the shark okay. ended up getting him. They just cut that all together and it became PG. Jesus.
1: I mean, that's so arbitrary though. Like, yeah, you can have a shot of a severed leg floating to the ground, mm. but only for six seconds. <laughs> yeah. Anymore, and that's it. Fucking R rated. Just enough to be a glance,
0: not, you know, showing blood spurting out of a headless corpse while they stagger around for another 15 seconds or something wow. like that. Not reanimator. <laughs> um, and this, uh, spawned three sequels. Unfortunately. I, <laughs> I've only seen Jaws and Jaws 2. Um, I don't believe I've seen 3 or, or Jaws Revenge. Have you?
1: I've seen 1, 2, and 3. I've okay. not seen The Revenge. And okay. by all accounts, I shouldn't. I think it's got mm. like 0% on Rotten Tomatoes.
0: Well, I think the um, sequential films that followed the original were different writers and directors. So, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I know the second one had um, Chief Brody. Ro- was that
1: Ro- Roy Scheider? Schrader? Yeah. yeah.
0: Scheider. Scheider? How, how, how do you pronounce <laughs> his name? I don't actually know. Good old Roy. Roy Scheider will sure. say. Yeah,
1: cool. And I think that also had John Williams, right? Still still doing the score for oh, it. Oh
0: yeah, yeah. They they would have had to have used that iconic theme. Um Yeah, but I think he I think he made
1: score. new stuff for the second movie. Oh okay. Like it's not like they reused the same well, they they reused the same theme, but then he was also just in the other scenes of the movie, he made new score for it. Okay.
0: Yeah, this. Uh, I suppose we should address the, the cast and crew responsible for this this masterpiece. So, directed by none other than Steven Spielberg, who has become probably the most prolific director of our time, I would say.
1: That is very debatable. Okay. But yes. One of. I one mean, of one of the most well-known, for sure.
0: So, he's done what? Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Jurassic, Jurassic Park, Park, Indiana Jones, E.T., Saving Private Ryan. Just, like, Just to name a few.
1: Almost every film
0: in his... Like filmography is a like a must-watch. Yeah. yeah, and so, this, was
1: this his first film? Because he was—I think he was 27 when he did it. I
0: think this was his third.
1: Third, okay. Yeah,
0: and um, it was written by Peter Benchley, who was the author of the book Jaws, um, which was only published the year before, in 1974. Damn! So snapped those rights straight he, up. Yeah, um, and along with uh, Carl. Gotlieb, I'm going to say. Yeah. <laughs> I think I butchered his surname. but um, So this is one of those few examples where the author of the book that the film's based on actually wanted the film made. And um, not only that, they, they wrote the screenplay.
1: Damn. So it's and quite interesting. That's, that's funny too because if he was the writer for it, I think like the ending to this, like the whole second half, is pretty different. Mm. So he changed his own book that he just wrote himself to make a movie. Well, I like, think...
0: Funny. Yeah, I think they kind of wanted to make a feature to kind of write off the success that the book was having at the time. And then I think they got another guy to kind of rewrite the script. Um, And Spielberg actually did his own draft revision of it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then they had like another guy again, who I think might have been Carl, that sort of got the final screenplay for right, it. So
1: just went through different processes of like, all right, yeah. this is my version. All right. Tweak that, change that. Okay. And then it finally got down to it.
0: Yeah. Cause like you just mentioned how the ending is one of the main differences. I think in the book, I've not read it. I've always wanted to, but it's hard to find. Um, I think the original ending is, uh, the shark when it's got like the barrels attached to it. Um, it can't swim properly and it drowns.
1: Oh, Whereas, okay, that's hella anticlimactic.
0: Yeah. it's a bit of a downer. I mean, the Wait, shark still dies. The but-
1: shark, drowns yeah
0: because it can't like like sharks need to oh, like okay. fish need to move yeah, 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 gotcha. so they can filter the oxygen i was about to say what kind of
1: dumb shit is that how do you drown a shark <laughs> um actually yeah because sharks fuck that might be a myth do sharks always swim even while they're sleeping yeah i feel like i've heard that yeah
0: they can sleep uh while they're swimming as far as i'm aware they just kind of cruise on autopilot
1: is that fish too no because i've seen fish stay still how come they can just buoyantly bob
0: um i don't know I don't know enough about their anatomy to comment. (laughs)
1: Why the hell not? Are you not a marine biologist?
0: (laughs) Um, But yeah, and obviously um, in the film, the fucking thing explodes when they shoot an oxygen tank in its mouth. Well, I
1: think even more than that, uh, and I've also not read the book. I'm not a huge reader. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure one of the differences is in the film, they go out on the boat. To go get the shark and then that's like they don't go back to land until afterwards whereas in the book it's they go out they don't catch him the first day they go back home and yeah like, they're okay. back on land and they're sort of back and forth between on the boat and on land
0: it would have been i guess definitely more drawn out in the book and they would have explored more avenues for character development and all this kind of thing but um i remember reading that spielberg and co just wanted a very linear plot for Mm -hmm. this story, so they removed a lot of those other elements, so it was just as simple as this horrible thing has happened and then there's this team of people that go out to kill it. Mm -hmm. And it's just becomes sort of like an adventure action horror. Yeah. Yeah. At that point. Um it
1: definitely creates a like a good sense of isolation as well, the the fact that they changed it so they go out on the boat and mm. then they're out there, they're trapped there. Yeah. Like I think they only show like one shot of land once they're on the boat and that's when they're almost back. Yeah, and I think
0: I have read that when Spielberg and Benchley were debating about the final finish of the film, um, when Spielberg pitched his original idea of having the tank explode in the shark's mouth to Benchley, he was like, that's preposterous. Like It's unbelievable. (laughs) People won't fall for that. And he's like, if I have made viewers sit through two hours of this unbelievable film, They're in my grasp. For the last three minutes, they'll believe anything I give them. And he admitted in interviews that he was wrong and Spielberg was right. And um, yeah, uh, I've heard when it was screening for its debut in theatres, like people were like applauding that scene. (laughs) The credits rolled. And then when it finished, they... Like stood up and gave him a standing
1: ovation again Damn So it worked, he's right The
0: man knows what he's doing
1: From then on I'm sure nobody else said no to Steven Spielberg again Yeah,
0: and interestingly Peter Benchley played the um, interviewer at the beach. Because apparently Oh like the news reporter. Yeah, apparently okay. that's what he did for a living anyway. So <laughs> oh, yeah. it was quite a natural role to him.
1: There you go.
0: And of course, starring Roy-, Roy Scheider, is that how we're saying his name's pronounced?
1: I'm not I'm just gonna avoid his last name. It's his like, name is Roy.
0: It's like I've always said Richard Dreyfus, but in interviews, um they say Richard Dreyfus. Okay, yeah, because I've
1: I wouldn't say Dreyfus for some reason, but maybe it's just because I've heard it.
0: Yeah. And Robert Shaw. So Roy Scheider was Chief Brody, um, the cop on Amity Island. And Richard Dreyfuss was like um, Matt Hooper, who's like the shark expert. They call in to to help track him down. And Robert Shaw, of course, uh, the fisherman, Quint. Those actors, I I would say apart from seeing Roy in Jaws 2 and seeing Richard in like Mr. Holland's opus (laughs) or Stand By Me, I don't know a whole lot, I think, that
1: he's been in. Yeah, well, I think... Was it Robert Shaw that played Quint? Yeah. I think he was like a prolific English actor. Yeah, okay. So I think he was pretty well known at the time over mm. in England. Yeah,
0: okay. I've heard he was quite a very intense <laughs> person as well. So he would have been, I guess, a perfect casting choice for someone like Quint.
1: Yeah. Well, like, fuck, he pulls it off, doesn't he? Yeah. I wonder how different like that is from just his everyday life.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I guess some people, they're just larger than life. So um, like, even some of the, not extras, but like cameo appearances in this film were just locals. Yeah. Um, of, of where they shot, and they were just so charismatic that Spielberg wanted them to be in the film and didn't even give them lines because, like, oh, yeah. their natural dialogue was just so charming that he just wanted to include that.
1: And it was shot in Martha's Vineyard.
0: Yeah, Martha's Vineyard in Massachusetts, and uh, I believe the reason for that was because um, the sort of beaches went were only about thirty feet deep, and they went about twelve miles out. So when they had this big mechanical shark. They Could use that and just like rest it on the seabed but make it look like it was oh, out of yeah. sea. I like that. So, I don't they know could, how
1: deep 30 feet is? Um, do we have a conversion for
0: our? I'm, I'm, I'm terrible at conversions, um, but not very. Mm. Um, if you've got like cranes and shit operating this kind of thing, but yeah. And so, the purpose of that was they we should could go, that's
1: only like nine meters,
0: yeah. So, they could go far enough out. That they could pan the camera around and it would look like it was way out Mm. in the ocean, uh, which is pretty smart. And we spoke before about the film's success uh, commercially. So it was shot on a budget of seven to nine million. I think it was originally seven million, but they went over
1: budget. (laughs) Over budget by two million dollars.
0: Something like that. Um, But it made uh, 476.5 million at the box office. Wow. So phenomenally successful. Um, this became the highest grossing film of all time uh, when it premiered, but it was only short-lived because two years later, A New Hope came out and that surpassed it, Yeah, Um, which, you know, fair enough. But uh, yeah, so so quite an impressive um, feat as well, uh, knowing that that was Spielberg's third film.
1: Plus there's also, because I've heard that it created the term blockbuster, because it was given a spot to be released in the winter. Okay. No, sorry, the summer, one of the two. Uh, the <laughs> summer, where, which was kind of like a place that movies would be put out to die because everyone was always outside yeah, enjoying the okay. summer instead of being inside of the movies. And then all of a sudden they put Jaws out. It gets this huge word of mouth like everyone goes to see this movie. Mm. And then instead of spending the day out in, in the summer they go inside and watch the movie and then that's like the summer blockbuster. Well, that would work to
0: its credit being a film set at a beach.
1: Yeah, but like it also makes you think though, if it did that well when it was put in a time slot where movies pretty much went to die. Mm. Imagine if they put it in a time slot that movies did well in Like in prime time In prime time It could have done even better Yeah, wow That's impressive And I mean Oh, when
0: was this? 75 So all these years later Like it is still um, Like you still see it on TV all the time And you see like merch with Jaws on it And all this kind of thing So it's I guess like Star Wars It's probably um, capitalized as much In the merchandise realm As oh, it yeah. did the the cinematic history and speaking of renowned feats, it was the first major motion picture shot at sea. And, uh, I read that a lot of the cast and crew were like regularly seasick <laughs> on shoots and, you know, they were shooting like six days a week for, you know, months at a time. And, uh, because a lot of the time they were shooting towards the horizon, um, there'd be, like, hours where they'd be waiting for passing sailboats in oh. the distance and as soon as it would be out oh, of frame, shoot, yeah. they'd be like, all right, go, 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 and they'd get into <laughs> position. Um, but because they'd have to, like, anchor the boats down um, with, like, the, the the drift and current and all that kind of thing, by the time they waited for um, distractions in the background to move along, they'd have to, like, um, reposition everything and oh, that yeah. took even more time again. So, very long shooting days.
1: Fucking hell. I mean, would you rather be stuck on a film set filming this, like, on the ocean, mm. or in, like, like Texas Chainsaw, like, the summer oh. heat with dead carcasses everywhere in a house?
0: You know what? Probably Texas Chainsaw, because then at least I have my feet on solid ground. <laughs> you know, you, yeah. can just, you can just walk outside, get some fresh air, whereas if you're trapped on a boat... I mean, even, even though I know they're not that far out, like we've just explained, like... I don't get seasick, and I haven't really been on boats for extended periods of time since I was a kid, but surely after, like, months and being on a boat all day, <laughs> it would start to get to you.
1: Yeah, true. I guess the time aspect, like, mm. months at a time, that's, that's bad.
0: Yeah. Like, you know when you've been on a boat and you step on solid ground, it still kind of yeah, feels like it's rocking? Yeah. Um, and interestingly, uh, they incorporate a lot of real shark footage in this film, and it was shot off the waters of South Australia. Represent, Yeah, which is pretty cool. And um, they used like a small actor in a smaller cage for scale because obviously the Jaws shark is much larger than mm-hmm. um, Great Whites actually get. So to put that into perspective, um, that's kind of how they did that. But also the way that a real shark kind of moved around, um, very different to how they could move something with like hydraulics Mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. whatever it was. So I think the shark they had could move like forward, backward, up, down, and like turn side to side. But you know, like the end scene uh, where Hooper's in the cage Mm -hmm. and then drops the dart gun, goes down to get it, and then the shark just kind of like thrashes about and mangles this cage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was real footage that they shot in Australia where... I think they explained the white pointer got caught in a rope and it was distressed, so it started thrashing about, demolished this cage. <laughs> um, and because they liked that so much, they changed the script so they could keep that in the Damn, film and made it, it the that movie. Hooper dropped his dart so he had to leave the cage. That's awesome. Yeah, So, because th- they obviously weren't expecting that to happen. They yeah, were just kind I've, of hoping I was the thinking shark like would in, swim
1: by. In the movie, it looked like a real shark in that scene. Like, How the hell did they get a shark to just like thrash about Yeah, <laughs> above a yeah. Cage. It, They didn't. It just happened to happen. That's cool.
0: Yes, that was pretty sick. And um, I guess talking about the mechanical shark as well, it was designed by Robert Matty, who did the giant squid in 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea <laughs> <Okay>. film adaptation. <laughs> there so you go.
1: that's pretty cool. because Sorry, he specializes just in deep sea creatures. <laughs> yeah,
0: I guess so. Because I hear that Spielberg just had trouble getting anyone to take it on board because... Um, They said, you know, A, it was hard enough to create something like that, Um, but B, the time frame that they had to do it was extremely limited because something to do with, like, the Screen Guild or something like that, um, their contract ran out um, on, like, 30th of June or something, and they were talking about, like, starting this filming in April or something like that, Mm -hmm. so they had a limited amount of time to build a shark that was fully mechanized and they Mm -hmm. could use and he was the only one in hollywood that was like yeah i'll do it and uh he he stepped up and yeah delivered
1: bet bet those other motherfuckers were just like well i wish i'd done that
0: (laughs) for sure and uh the shark was famously called bruce um which obviously they use in like finding (laughs) nemo (laughs) and uh other popular culture but that was named after spielberg's lawyer And it was because they went like over budget, over schedule. Um, It malfunctioned all the time and they were just like, it was much maligned. And um, it was kind of like a tongue in cheek name for like the amount of grief Mm -hmm. it was causing Mm -hmm. them. Um, But yeah, I thought that was quite funny as well, learning that. And because the technology of it um, broke down so often... Um, like, apparently the, the crew had walkie-talkies on them and around the island, all you could hear was, the shark's not working, <laughs> over. Kr-. And uh, because of that, they were so frustrated that Spielberg made the decision to actually incorporate more scenes where um, it's just implied that the shark is there. So, so like they'd the rely POV shots and stuff? Yeah, POV, um, they just have like ripples in the water and rely on that iconic theme music Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um so you know it's around or even just using a fin and just having like the dorsal fin sort of pop up out of the water so obviously you know the viewer thinks that's the shark that was really cool because i felt that it kind of gave me um like alien vibes where you see glimpses (sighs) of it and it's not until like way into the film that you You see the whole thing thing
1: and then I don't, would it have done as well if you saw the, the whole shark from the beginning? Because no, I don't think realistically, so. especially nowadays, looking back, it doesn't exactly look the best. Yeah. Like, it's very fake. It's very stilted when it does its fucking side-to-side movements.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I don't know. I just think that worked to their benefit in the end. And it's so funny how things like that happen in film, where there'll be some kind of physical limitation that... Uh, forces them to think outside of the box and as a result what they end up coming up with generally has more of an effect and that's also why like the barrels scene at the end was so long um and drawn out because it meant they just had like barrels on a rope like they didn't need to use the actual mechanical shark until um you know it like eats quint or when um, you know, it's coming towards them and Brody's trying to shoot it like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that was like a handful of shots where they would actually have the shark's head or the body or the left to right or the right to left as they called it. Cause they had three models. Um, one where it was the whole shark, one where one side of it was gutted out. So you could have all the tubing and the mechanical things mm-hmm. running into it. And then that bit mirrored.
1: I oh, was so just thinking, show the other side of the shark. Yeah,
0: yeah. And because it kept breaking down, they were like, all right, well, let's just use a fin or let's just like <laughs> rely on barrels or... Or just um,
1: insert shark, real shark footage. Yeah, yeah. Which is so. funny. Like, It's nice that it, you get shots where you actually have shark, real shark-like movement, mm. but it's also funny seeing it like, okay, it goes from this massive fucking 25-foot shark to something that's clearly smaller. Yeah, <laughs>
0: like 16 foot. <laughs> yeah. And the boat, the orca, which... I love that it's called Orca because it's bad luck to change the name of a boat. Okay, I didn't know that. I presume they probably bought a boat called Orca, but Orca is also the only known predator to a great white shark. Yep. So that was nice. And they they had two of them and one that I think it was designed or they, they rebuilt it so it could break in half and still float or something like that.
1: Oh, um, like that final shot where it's like yeah. half in the water?
0: Yeah, so they use that for the final act. But the other one um, they were using for all the other shots in the lead up to that. And apparently it got accidentally damaged. I think when they had like the barrels on the rope attached to the back, um, there was a point where they reefed them back and it broke the whole back of the boat <laughs> off and it was actually taking on water and sinking.
1: Damn, all right.
0: And so they were like in a mad scramble to get another boat out there to get the, the actors and crew off. Um, and everyone over the walkie-talkies was like, "Save the actors, save the actors!" And then the um, the sound guy like held up the <laughs> recorder and he's like, "Fuck the actors,
1: save this!" Yeah, I mean the actors can swim. You yeah, don't, you don't want to fucking get salt water in your in all so, your equipment.
0: So that was pretty cool as well. But yeah, apparently the filming process was so arduous that um, they'd spend like an, a whole day at sea filming and they'd maybe get like five shots they could use. Jesus. So that's the reason it went over schedule apparently because it was, you know, it would have been rough conditions as well.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, it's a fucking massive undertaking. Yeah. Filming on the water for the first time, especially back in the day where they had tapes to mm. record it with.
0: Yeah, and talking before about like how early in Spielberg's career this was, um, his debut film Duel, which was released in 1971, um, he made some parallels to that in this film, um, particularly in his revision of the script as well, uh, where there were like some similar shots um, or even like similar premise, really, like this one big predatory thing, like gunning down. Um, you know, someone innocent. Mm-hmm. Whereas like Jewel was this big semi-truck oh okay um, I was say, I, car. I, I,
1: I've not seen Jewel and I've barely heard about it, but yeah. yeah, it's the one with the truck, right?
0: Yeah. So that was interesting and he even used <clears throat> the same dinosaur roar from like a B movie um, as when the truck goes over the cliff. But does it sound like the groan of all the you know, mechanics of the truck Like braking <laughs> as it's going overboard He used a dinosaur roar And it actually sounds very effective And he used that in Jaws When the, the exploded shark. shark Is like spiraling down to the bottom
1: Okay, right Because so, I think they also use like a tiger roar, don't they? Like when the shark Oh, maybe Jumps out of the water at some point yeah which is I, I might have read that, or the, oh, that um, it might actually be one of the sequels, like Jaws three or Jaws of Revenge. Like it literally okay. roars like a tiger. That's hilarious.
0: Yeah. I, don't, I don't know because that's one of the creepy things about great white sharks is when you know you see this like yawning uh, set of jaws coming out of the water at you, and it like goes to to eat a seal or whatever. Like it's silent. That's part of what Un- makes it until it, so it breaches creepy. the surface. Yeah,
1: because that have you ever seen like footage of that? where they just like breach the surface and get that full giant ton, I don't know if they're a ton, but fucking body out of the water. Yeah. Oh, when they like flip around and stuff. Yeah, for sure. That's crazy.
0: Well, I think, I think, uh, on average, a fully grown gray white shark, um, can grow up to 6.4 meters long and weigh around two tons. Oh,
1: there you go. Yes. And they can get all of that fully out of the water. Yeah. I weigh much less than that and (laughs) I can't do it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Like crocodiles. It's, um, highly impressive. Um, but yeah, talking about like a lot of improvisation in the script as well by using locals. Even uh, Quint, um, oh, what's his name? Is it Robert, Robert Shaw? Shaw? Yeah. Um, that scene where he's boarding the orca and he's like reciting that poem. Oh, he lies,
1: Mary, or something. Yeah, yeah. died
0: at a hundred and three. <laughs> something about like only lost her virginity. <laughs> something about that. Yeah. 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 Um, Apparently, that wasn't scripted, and uh, after that scene, when Spielberg called cut, he asked Shaw, like, oh, is that from a song? Is that from a poem? Like, can we use that in the you film? Do like,
1: copyright or something? Yeah,
0: and he's like, well, you won't need to worry about copyright, because I read that um, on a tombstone in Ireland. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Fucking <laughs> so all right. So, that was just, like, someone's epitaph. Uh, he just
0: remembered and recited for that scene. What
1: a weird thing to put on a gravestone. <laughs> I know.
0: That's something I'd do. Had like, a tongue-in-cheek poem. Hell yeah. But yeah, that was pretty cool, but... Man, this film, it's it's like a masterclass in building suspense. And one of the reasons is, like I said before, the fact that you don't see the shark or at least the whole shark until like halfway through. But even like the bluff scares in that raft scene where the kid dies on, on the beach and like the fishing reel, mm-hmm. you know, when Quint is like... Oh, yeah. He, he's got it in his he's waist. He's like looking
1: at its tiny like click, click, click. Yeah. Click, click, click. Like and slowly he's very unspooling. And then he slowly like puts on all his gear... Like, everyone else doesn't even know about it. Yeah. I love that.
0: That was good. And then, of course, the barrels as well. Like, Mm. when you see the barrels pop up, it's like, oh, okay, the shark's back. (laughs) Even that, like, iconic theme music, it's so simple but effective. Like, someone like John Williams, you expect, like, some massive technical score to come back. And apparently, when he first showed Steven Spielberg his idea of the, like, dirt, and he laughed because he (laughs) thought he was kidding.
1: What, what's the real song? <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, and then when they like kept doing that again and again, two shots of the film, he's like, this is perfect. Because oh, John Williams' idea behind it was you could like increase the the tempo of mm-hmm. it for tension. You could slow it right down. Um, and the fact that it was just the two bass notes, having them um, like just a tone or a semitone apart, like already orally puts the listener on edge. Like that's just that like science behind music. I and do you,
1: love the like the the beach scene. I think that's my favorite in terms of building suspense. The could, like when the first attack happens on oh, the like crowded beach. The kid on the raft. Yeah. Yeah. Cuz yeah. it's so just like so many fake like fake outs essentially. Mm. Like they they focus on so many different people. You got that yeah. like large woman in the water. Yeah. <laughs> uh and then it focuses on like the kids and this whole time you're just like okay, Harry, who who's going to be <laughs> the first one to go?
0: Yeah. yeah. That's really good too because that's the first death when people are around. It was like, obviously the first scene with that like skinny dipper, um, there's just one witness and he's drunk, (laughs) like Like, passed out on the the sand.
1: He's unconscious.
0: Yeah. So this was really cool. And obviously I like that, um, chief Brody has this like fear of water or open water. And so he doesn't go swimming and, um, people like talking to him and he's like super agitated, but like focused on the water. He hears people screaming and he like snaps his attention to it. And it's just someone playing a prank. Yep. Yep. Although all and, those things are really nice. And then
1: really you get nice. that famous dolly zoom shot. I think that's is what it's uh, called.
0: The, the vertigo effect on his face. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, how so like, how do they
1: do that? I think it's like they move the camera on a dolly backwards as they zoom in. Yeah. And that's what creates that effect.
0: Something like that. That or vice versa. Yeah. And I mean, that's one of the most iconic shots in film history.
1: Yeah. I mean, from the movie Vertigo, right? Nothing is... Yeah. Well, the and, Hitchcock and this film. one. But yeah. Those yeah. Are the two big ones that... Created it so mm. like status
0: for sure, and I read in a, I read I watched in an interview that Spielberg wanted that scene to be a single shot, but it was going to be too difficult to have it just like panning back and forth. Mm. So that's that's a task. Yeah, so that's why they have like swimmers or beachgoers like walking in front of the camera back and forth. So when that happens, they can cut to Brody's oh, point yeah. of view. So it kind of looks like one shot without well, you actually. You still doing
1: get that like one shot when they board the ferry and. Brody, oh, I love Brody? that. Yeah, the yeah Sheriff Brody's like getting talked to by the fucking scummy mare Yeah, that's a super long one shot that just goes from one side of the island to the next. Mm. Like, that's really good.
0: That was really cool. And furthermore, what I loved about that was it's static, but because it's on a boat, like the background is all like yeah. slowly like moving back and forth, um, but like the subjects in the foreground are stationary mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and in focus. That was really nice. But that opening scene where, like, the chick gets thrown about and everything, um, when she first gets, like, yanked uh, by the shark, apparently they had a cable tied around her waist to an anchor on the (laughs) seafloor. Okay. And they just lifted the anchor and dropped it again. And that's how it looked like she, you know, was, like, like, pulled back.
1: Legitimately pulling her down.
0: Yeah. And then when she gets, like... Um, you know, thrash about at the surface, back and forth um, Apparently that was, again, a cable around her waist But it was two guys on the sand that were running back and forth And they must have had the cable, like, underwater around some mm. poles or something So it didn't just come out of the surface
1: Yeah, because I was wondering when we are watching it, how they actually filmed that Because she's really getting thrashed around Yeah,
0: yeah, well, apparently that's what happened They, like, pulled her one way, then pull her the other way And she just, like, was overly dramatic in the water to make it look more violent than it yeah. actually was but that I mean, kind of...
1: That, that'd give her a sense of, well, she wouldn't really have to act too much because she doesn't mm. know which way they're going to pull. She'd actually be surprised on like, fuck, it's dragging me this way now. Yeah,
0: yeah. And that'd be, um, yeah, that'd be terrifying. And it, I don't think sharks actually do that. Like, they don't grab a victim and like yeah, no, <laughs> swim this, under the surface. No, they're not, they're not
1: crocodiles. They don't do the role of death. I mean, this yeah, this movie, I think since being made, almost everyone involved kind of regrets it because it created this huge stigma against sharks. Yeah. Whereas sharks are basically not a threat to humans unless Mm. you're... Well, unlucky, but well, ma- the majority of time, like, we're not on their food chain. They don't want to eat us. They're usually just curious.
0: Yeah, because generally when they bite, they only bite the once, right? Because they, they Cause think it, you're a seal or something. It, it, well,
1: usually it's an investigation bite. Like, if they don't have hands, they can't just fucking poke you. They yeah. walk up, give you a bit of a squeeze, and then run away. <laughs> just turns out that their bit of a squeeze is with razor sharp teeth.
0: <laughs> rows and rows of them. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, they generally
0: just bite the once when there is a shark attack. And also, I think I read that there's only on average, like... 10 fatalities a year. Oh yeah. From, from I mean, Great White more Sharks. More people die
1: by a coconut. <laughs> like getting hit on the head with a coconut. That's hilarious. That's a legitimate statistic. That's funny.
0: Yeah, and then like the corpse uh the next morning and like the crabs all over
1: it. That is despite not being a gory shot or anything, that is disgusting. I don't, yeah. I think it's just like the combination of the hair, the sand and the crabs. Yeah, or, like, like matted. All you see is hair and a bit of a hand sticking mm. out. But because there's the crabs on it and it just looks like, it like like looks decomposed. disgusting. Yeah, it's, it's very unsettling. Yeah, can you imagine
0: the, just discovering that? Like, even the cop that finds it looks like he's about to vomit. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that, initially, they were going to have, like, a prosthetic hand. Um, but Spielberg said in the light, the natural light, it looked too plasticky and fake. Oh, yeah. So, they actually buried very a crew natta. member in okay. the sand. <laughs> yeah, and had her hand exposed for the shot, um, which is quite funny. And then after that, uh, I really love that extreme close-up of the typewriter where it just says "probable cause of death: shark, shark attack. attack." Yeah, because I guess if you hadn't seen the cover of the film, um, like you probably wouldn't know. I guess until that,
1: well, it's, I'm sure you could probably figure it out.
0: I mean, <laughs> what carnivorous creatures that bigger there? Orcas. <laughs> could also, it be a killer whale in Massachusetts.
1: Also, the movie's called Jaws. I was like, oh, what has jaws under the sea? <laughs> well, everything would have jaws. Look, I didn't come here to be attacked. <laughs> okay, <laughs> um, but yeah, and then
0: obviously that scummy mayor just wants to make the town believe that there's nothing <laughs> wrong. Uh, coming up to Fourth of July, let's get our tourists and get our money. And uh, eventually, reluctantly, agrees to to pay Quinn because what do you say? Like three grand to find it, ten to kill it.
1: Uh, well, the original bounty is from Alex Kittner's mother. Yeah, that's to, right. To find it, and that was three grand, three thousand. But then he says just ten grand. Yeah, yeah. we'll we'll. Uh, Cover him
0: Men will get it done That's it And then that's obviously in that scene where They're at like the council meeting or whatever And you get the famous fingernails down the
1: blackboard When we watched that, that actually made me shiver <laughs> I fucking hate that I, sound I didn't I, I didn't find it too bad That doesn't bother me mm-hmm. Like that specific sound Yeah It, it was a, Like cutlery know. on an empty plate That one does bother <laughs> me That one's <laughs> awful uh, It's a very iconic introduction to his character Yeah But it's so funny watching it. Like he, he's he's so sure of himself, and he's kind of so up himself because mm. he's like, "Yeah, you, you, none of you girls will get it done. I'll get it done for ten thousand dollars, which is more than double what, you're, more yeah. than triple what you're actually going to pay." Yeah. And then everyone in the town, he's just like, "Okay, thanks for that. Thanks, we'll take it in consideration." Yeah, it's like so, he he's so cocky.
0: Yeah, I feel like though that's kind of funny because it's like if he's so cocky and laid back about it, like. He'd be like, oh, catch your animal for free. It's what I do in my spare time. you could do it in my sleep. But instead he's like, oh, catch the shark. $10,000. Well,
1: if you're good at something, never do it for free.
0: <laughs> well, yes, sir. And man, how about that scene where it's like the two fishermen on the pier? Because like all these fishermen now are going out in their fucking tinnies and canoes and shit, <laughs> trying to get that bounty. And one guy's even got dynamite, like yeah. fucking crocodile Dundee. And, um... Yeah, those two fishermen that just, just, like, chuck that roast on the hook and toss it in.
1: I think that's funny, too. And, like, because that comes off the back of the scene with everyone and their fucking dogs, mm. literally, on a tiny boat going into the water to try and catch it. Yeah. And then the two people that get the closest to catching it are fishing from land. Yeah. Like, it goes to show how close it is. Like, you don't have to go far out. Yeah. You can catch it from the land. That's how close it's swimming.
0: Yeah, that's that's true. And... um I also that, love too, they're just using like a pot roast. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> just um, breaks the fucking pier in half and then just stops and like turns around in the water, starts <sighs> coming back for him. That kind of reminded me of like the 90s Godzilla. Godzilla? Yeah, yeah <laughs> when, when those guys like running down the pier. Oh, maybe, they, maybe that's where they got it from. Yeah, maybe. Um, there's probably a few parallels actually to this. When Hooper first gets introduced, because that's that's probably like the second act of the film, I guess. When when Hooper ba- comes I'm, along, I'm
1: bad with acts, but yeah, I think it's the second act.
0: Yeah, so. and when they show him in the morgue, I like that they don't like show the body, the mutilated corpse. They it's just him. Like,
1: well, they show the the arm. Well, that's as much. Well, as they Well,
0: show. yeah, they they show the arm near the end but a lot of it's just him like describing it in great detail
1: <laughs> yeah or even like he sells it with his reaction yeah like, like he starts and he's give like me a glass of water I'm gonna need a glass of water yeah <laughs> and he that just like, like takes his glass off and he looks visibly unsettled yeah, by it. yeah like that's that is I think that's way better than just showing a gory body well yeah it's
0: almost like when the cops blow on the whistle when he sees the the body in the sand and um before they even show the crabs and even though it's just an arm mm. above the sand like his reaction again is what makes it like more horrifying yeah for sure and later like hooper goes to brody's house <laughs> um <laughs> where they talk about cutting open that Tiger
1: shark, the the people caught, just like finishes his dinner that he hasn't even touched. Yeah. well, Was he invited? Because he shows up with a bottle, like two bottles of wine. I don't think so. Yeah. Okay. He just, because he shows up and he's like uninvited. Hey, I didn't know what you drink. So I bought red and white wine.
0: Yeah. I think he's just eager to gut the shark because um, he's like fairly certain that's not it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was a, that was a real shark too in that shot. I, ah, I found out that's unfortunate. Not not they didn't they didn't pull a cannibal of a Holocaust and kill it for the production. But oh, okay. they just acquired one from yeah. people who had caught a shark. Oh, okay. And I think it was by the time because they caught it somewhere else. By the time they got it to Martha's Vineyard to do that shot, mm. it like started to decompose and oh, sort of stank up.
0: Gross. They probably were actually gagging like in that scene. <laughs> yeah, probably invites himself in i mean he's kind he brings the two different wines but two bottles of wine (laughs) and that's funny too when he's
1: like pouring pouring him like giant glass of wine and then a tiny one for hooper and his wife
0: yeah yeah and um i like that they had that scene because in the book apparently there's this whole um segment where he has an affair with brody's wife oh my (laughs) yeah so that was kind of like a nod to that i guess Rocking up at the house, yeah. That would have felt
1: would have felt very out of place in this movie. Yeah,
0: yeah, and they wouldn't have had the time to do it. It was already like a two-hour runtime. Yeah.
1: Well, he's Hooper is my favorite character in this. I don't know about you. Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: Because he's like I love that actor.
1: He's the comedic relief without being like overly like slapstick or silly. Yeah, yeah. Like he just has these like small one liners, especially the first scene. He's there, mm. and the people are on the on the boat, and he's just like, they're all gonna die. Well, yeah, he's he's got like the
0: the quips, but he's the most serious yeah. of anyone. Like he he re, he knows sharks well enough that this could be a disaster if it gets out of hand. Yeah. But because everyone's so ignorant to it, he just there's nothing you can do but laugh. So I think that's like the stance he takes.
1: Yeah. I also love I think my favorite line or reaction from him is later when they're drunk on the like his boat and Brody's like, Are you rich? And he's like, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so matter of fact, yeah I'm rich dude. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, because all the, like, scientific equipment's yeah, yeah, actually yeah. his from, yeah, like, from his own paid, pocket. he paid for it all. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it must be later in the film when it's, like, all this overlapping dialogue when everyone's in a frenzy and they're calling around. And he's, like, on the phone and he goes, no, we don't need an expert from Brisbane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Get I mean, a sneaky shout-out. What, what is it with America's pronoun- America's? Americans pronouncing <laughs> Australian names wrong? Like, Melbourne, I hear Brisbane, Melbourne. Yeah. It's awful. I don't know.
0: It might be after the... Kid in the raft eyes And like the sons are out On the jetty Like playing in the boat And Brody's yelling at him Like get out of the water Come back in And <laughs> the wife's like No, no, they're fine He's not in the water He's in the boat <laughs> Seems like the picture in the book of a shark attacking them the a boat <laughs> You heard your father Get out of that boat You come here right now
1: <laughs> Yeah it's, uh, that, it, Like there's a lot of Comedic moments in yeah, this Yeah, yeah I had a well, I don't know It's very similar Like my father Loves great white sharks I think it's his favourite animal So he had like this Like kind of big book And just seeing a lot of the pictures in this movie Like the books he was looking at Reminded me of all these pictures From the book I had when I was a kid Yeah So it was very, very cool seeing that And like They'd be paid I think that was probably the first like Gore I ever saw Like you open up his book And you can see What's that dude's name? Like Rodney Fox? Is he the famous Australian shark guy?
0: Uh, That sounds familiar
1: Like I think I think that's his name Apologies if it's not Mm. But like he was Bitten by a shark And this book had like photo of the aftermath and just like had from there for the all you (laughs) videos from like under his arm all the way down his side like like a semicircle taken out yeah of like this giant well it wasn't taken out but like bite mark and so that was the first like gore i ever saw yeah and from the get go i was like "Mm, that looks cool
0: yeah man yeah we i guess growing up in australia um we've probably been somewhat accustomed to seeing like shark attacks in the news even though they're not that often, like in the animal's defense, well,
1: we we're not dumb. Like we have a better <laughs> <laughs> we have a better relationship with uh, like the dangers of our surroundings yeah. because we have a lot of things that can kill us. Oh yeah. True. Whereas, like I was originally born in Darwin, like mm. in Northern, Northern Northern Territory, and I we moved here when I was only six months old, so I don't remember it. But my siblings are like two and three years older than me, yeah, or, or one and two, not sure. They're older than me. <laughs> Um, and apparently, when we made the move from Northern Territory to Queensland, mm. my parents had to con- like convince my older siblings that it's okay to go in the water now. Yeah, because wow. up in Northern Territory, like if you go near the water's edge, you'll probably get taken by a croc. Oh yeah, like even so, just creeks and things. Yeah, so when they were young, my parents had hound into them like, "Don't go near the water's edge. You can't go in the water. You know, mm. stay away from the water." Wow. And then we came here with these nice beaches that there are no crocodiles. They're like, "No, it's it's safe to go in the water yeah. now." That's funny. Well, Jaws probably did that for a lot of people. Like, they were probably scared to go swimming at well, the Well, the, the tagline for Jaws too was just when you thought it was safe to go back into the water.
0: Yeah, and one of the other scenes in this film that I think a lot of people, uh, including my mother, um, <laughs> recount as being the one that, like, scared them the most is when they find that wrecked boat at night mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, Hooper dives down to, like pry the, the tooth out of it and well, then he, that
1: yeah he just goes down to investigate
0: yeah yeah and he finds the, the tooth that's like the size of his hand or whatever and then that severed head pops up in the hole yep uh,
1: I vividly remember that from my childhood yeah I, <laughs>
0: I remember that scene too I don't think that's the one that scared me the most but um yeah it's,
1: then what scene scared you the most if not that one
0: well for me it's the one when it's not when Brody's like chumming off mm-hmm. the back of the boat and then the shark appears um but it's Later, when the shark has like already rammed him or whatever, mm-hmm. and they're like reeling in the rope, and then it appears and like lunges okay. at him, almost bites him because there's no music. Okay, so yeah. it's kind of like apart from I guess when it comes out to get the jump scare, there's no like theme, the Jaws mm-hmm. theme in the lead up to that. It's
1: just so sudden, shark.
0: Yeah, and it even got
1: me when we rewatched. I still <laughs> jumped because I forgot about it. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's just so effective because you got like from the get go, you got a man diving into a water at night yeah. somewhere a shark has been, so you're already on edge. Yeah. And then it comes out of nowhere because mm. he's just looking at a tooth and so the focus is on a tooth. You're expecting maybe something to come out behind him where yeah. the shark would be, but no, from the inside of the boat, this fucking disgusting looking dead head <laughs> pops up and then it's accompanied by like a literal scream in the soundtrack.
0: Yeah, and they focus on like the eye that's yeah, all like it's white of, and yeah. stringy and gross. I think... I think you're absolutely right. It was... If they didn't have that tooth in there for the audience to focus on or the character to be busy with, it would not have been as effective because you would have been looking at the hole.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think up there with The Descent, this is one of my favorite jump scares in any horror movie.
0: Yeah, okay. And I just love the dynamic of the main three characters, like when they're on board the Orca because... You've got Quint, who's this kind of rough around the edges.
1: Abrasive personality.
0: Yeah, like pretty much just insults everyone's intelligence. And he's sort of based on experience. And then you get Hooper in, who's like resourceful and has all this knowledge. And he's seeing it from like a scientific Mm -hmm. perspective. But then you've got Chief Brody, that's just like the everyday civilian. And he's like, I just want to help the people. I
1: just want to kill this thing. Well, he's also a a pun intended fish out of water because he's new to Amity as well. Yeah, true. Because so he's he went he, there from New York, like, right? It, it's yeah, it's funny how he is the newest in town. So mm. he's really got no ties to the place yet. It's not like he grew up there. Yeah, but he's the one that's focused on protecting it the most. Like the mayor, who would have, you know, is the mayor of the town and grew up there, mm. would rather keep it open than protect the people of his yeah. hometown.
0: Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, definitely got some social commentary on politics there. <laughs> yeah,
1: and I like yeah, just the dynamic of like you start it with this interaction between Quint and Hooper where mm. like one's this hard gruffled working man. Yeah. And then he's like making fun of Hooper's hands. He's like, "No, nah, these are city hands. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I don't need this working class crap. Yeah. And so yeah. it's like that dynamic there where you got the working class and the, I don't know, blue collar or mm. white collar. But then like throughout the movie, pretty much with the drinking scene, they just, Creates Bond. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think... Alcohol I, I, makes friends. I love that scene. <laughs> it, I mean, I'm sure enough has been said about that monologue from fucking Quint. Yeah. But holy shit. Like, it's that's just, a good scene.
0: Yeah, and that was something that um, wasn't in Peter Benchley's script. really interesting how he just kind of details this, like, actual event of, mm-hmm. like, the USS Indianapolis. But it also... Um, gives, like, motive to, mm-hmm. to that character because, like, the reason that he hunts sharks is because, like, they killed all his men. Yeah. Like, when they were stranded underwater.
1: And also, too, I, I love, to the, um like, the reaction from Hooper mm. when he first starts telling the story because they're giving each other... Well, oh. They're showing each other each other's scars. Oh, I and, love that
0: scene. This yeah. is from a thresher?
1: Yeah. Uh, and then Hooper... Oh, no, it was, I think it was Brody points out, like, how'd you get that one on your arm? Yeah. And Hooper's, like, laughing and... He's drunk. He's having a good time. Yeah. And then as soon as he starts being like, ah, oh, it's from the USS Indianapolis, like immediately Hooper's face goes to like this forlorn, like mm. shocked look of like, Oh shit. Like he knows what that is. Yeah. Just respect. And then throughout the entire monologue by Quint, you got Hooper in the background, just looking at him with complete awe.
0: Yeah. I watched an interview with Richard Dra- uh, Dreyfus, we'll say, <laughs> <laughs> pronounce it correctly. Um, about that scene, and he said he was just enamored in his performance. Like when he's sitting there, gobsmacked, just watching him, uh, in awe. That was just his actual reaction of, of Robert delivering that that speech.
1: I think it will, I think I um, read it too, where originally Quint, what was his name, Robert Shaw, the yeah. actor. Because they're meant to be drunk in that scene. He filmed it drunk. Like, he tried filming it drunk. Oh, okay. But it was unusable because he was fucking hammered. Yeah. And so, he felt so bad, the next day they redid it and he got it in the first take. Oh, wow. So, it's almost like he felt bad. So, he had to make up for it with this amazing performance. Yeah. He just sounds like
0: he was such a good actor. Because um, there's mm-hmm. another instance where he did something like that where, uh, I think it's the scene where he's, like, got the, the rod out and, um, you know, the... You get the suspense of the reel mm-hmm, Slowly mm-hmm. unspooling And then um, It starts flying And he turns around And yells at Hooper And he's like Start the engine Or turn turn this thing around Or whatever Yeah, yeah. Apparently that took hours To get right Because he was so Seasick and sore <laughs> And like um, Fucking Had like heat stroke Or whatever mm. And he took, like, minutes to get ready. He was, like, easing himself into the chair, <laughs> slowly, like, putting his stuff on and grabbing the rod and getting ready to to deliver the line when they yell action. And then he just turns around and screams it um, with such ferocity and they were, like, stunned uh, <laughs> at, at how effective it was.
1: So he just must be an incredible actor. Surely. Uh, it must just be, a, uh, like... Problem of my memory, but from the child from my childhood, I remembered it being a much bigger boat, so I thought that was funny. Like, yeah. rewatching now, it's smaller than I remember. I'm like, ah, the boat that they're gonna need a bigger one of is smaller than I remember. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's small cab. I guess it goes to show like when the good old Bruce is like up on the deck munching on Quint, like, yeah, it's almost the size of half the boat.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that was another thing that I don't know if that happens in the book or not, but a lot of people. Worried, um, in production that would be unbelievable to the audience that a shark just like throws itself <laughs> on the deck of a boat. Yep.
1: Um, and that's a brutal scene. PG, yeah. PG. This movie is, and you got that scene yeah. with fucking Quint getting bitten in half, blood spewing out of his mouth like that. And he's like stabbing it with a machete yeah, it's, as well. It's vicious.
0: Yeah, I mean, you can see the teeth bend, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, ignore it's, that. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's it's definitely um bloodier than shooting a severed leg for another few seconds yeah I would what think. the hell uh i don't know how their ratings work man it's as weird um and i love how like calm quint is just before that happens and the shark's been ramming the boat it's like the engine's smoking it's taking on water and they're slowly sinking and he's just like uh he turns to, to uber and he's like Hooper, start the engine yeah. <laughs> and then the fucking um Fire starts on the deck and he turns to Brody, put that fire put out the yeah, <laughs> Like, that's it's good. just, he's just, um, yeah, so in control. Mm. Uh, and he's like, just, yeah, fighting to literally the, the last minute to his yeah. death. <laughs> <laughs> Moment of silence for Quint. Oh, <laughs> um, so when Quint gets eaten, and uh, you know, the, the ship's almost, the boat's almost completely sunk, and Brody climbs up the, the mast and shoots him and explodes and whatever. Um, Hooper just like suddenly pops up and they like swim back to shore on the barrels. Mm-hmm. What if they were like bleeding and you see just this dorsal fin appear behind? Him and shark. then it cuts to black and the credits roll.
1: Can you imagine? Uh, honestly, I think if it was made by a different filmmaker, it probably would have. Yeah. Because the. It, like so many other horror movies, do that where they're like, "Alright, sequel bait time." Mm. Whereas this, I guess, because Spielberg isn't necessarily a horror director, he and it, you can get you can get it from the tone of this movie. It's more of an adventure movie. Even yeah. the soundtrack makes it seem like you know the Goonies or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, he he wanted to finish it just in on an up upbeat note. Like he mm. didn't want to fall into that you know horror yeah. trope. And aside from being a killer shark hunting people, it's barely a horror movie.
0: Yeah, I, I would say. It's really just the the gore and suspense that makes this horror.
1: Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, the scariest shots or scenes that I find in this movie isn't anything to do with the shark, really. Mm. I mean, there is my favorite scene of the shark is it might even be the first time you see it when I think it's it attacks the guy in a boat next to the kids on a raft in the yeah. pond, and like you're just looking from above and you see the shark underneath the water. Yeah, uh, that's
0: when you see the severed leg fall down
1: yeah 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 um but most of the scenes i love the most and i find the scariest aren't to do with the shark they're just like to do with how deep the water is Mm. so you got like the opening shot with one opening but the one of the first scenes looking up at the the woman like just the pov yeah because the scariest thing about water to me is the fear of the unknown underneath you yeah there is something underneath her, and it's like like that'll that'll be in your mind when you're yeah. on water, and then the scene at nighttime when they're like when he go down goes down and looks at the boat with the guy's head popping out. Mm. Like you've got the dark water with only the lights surrounding the boat, mm. and it's like okay, what's worse than open water? Open water in the dark, yeah. where you really can't see anything around you or underneath you. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's um, even. That's fair, actually, that you say that, because even the scene where it's the real footage of that shark thrashing about the cage when, you know, Hooper goes inside with the dart, like, even that wasn't as scary as um, mm. some of these more isolated, quieter moments. Yeah, And it's just, yeah. I guess, part of that suspense.
1: Yeah, so I love all the POV shots they do from underneath mm. to make it look like something is underneath. And I love how a lot of the shots, with, like, on the water are filmed at about sea level. Yeah, you can see
0: the water like sloshing on the yeah, lens. Yeah, so it's like
1: that just, it feels like you're drowning.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was really smart. And we touched on it earlier, but I really like those shots, um, like we were saying, where they're on that ferry or whatever, and um, Brody's talking to the mayor, where it's like a static shot, but because it's on a boat, everything in the background is moving and is uneven. Like they do that a few times, um, kind of when like Quint is on the boat Bow of the mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. boat with like the sh- the, oh, the gun yep. across I, him.
1: Yeah, that's such a beautiful shot. Where I think it's after they've lost him for the first time, and yeah. he's just hanging out on the tip of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, oh, this is kind of unrelated, but okay. reminded me. How bad was that fucking dissolve? Was it that one? No, 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 not or- that one. But I but when I say that dissolve is just. There's only one dissolved. Trying to like, see, I'm, about. I'm trying to remember which one it is. It's just a scene where Ho- uh, Hooper and Brody are talking and mid-sentence of Brody's, oh. it <laughs> dissolves and yeah. cuts him off. Yeah. How the fuck is that in a mainstream oh. blockbuster movie? Something must have happened as
0: soon as he delivered the line <laughs> that they could not keep.
1: Like that, it looks so bad. But yeah. In such an iconic movie.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they like burst out laughing immediately after <laughs> that or something. I don't know. I don't know. Kind of had to cut it, but yeah, no, that's fair. I um, also love, at one point when they're on the Orca, um, I can't remember what happens, but you see a shooting star in mm-hmm. the background, like that red I've streak heard, across the sky. I've heard
1: different accounts of if that's actually real or not because some people oh. say it was just a coincidence that was a you know, happenstance. They got a cool shot of a shooting star, mm-hmm. but then other people have come out and said, no, 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 they they put that in because it's Steven Spielberg's like, trademark in all his movies. Did you just say Spielberg? We'll we'll listen to the back And we'll find out Steven Spielberg's trademark Okay Um, I haven't picked that up In any of his other films I think in every one of his movies There's a shooting star Oh That's like his That's his Sam Raimi's car Yeah okay Like his his mark Yeah So I've heard I don't know which one to believe
0: (laughs) Yeah fair I also love the audio of this film Like it won an award for best sound Um, I mean it also got Academy for uh, Best music and editing I believe as well So it cleaned up Um, the next year at the Academies, but um, like the underwater Foley is really good. And I know there would have been like a lot of looping, they call it, where like dialogue of a shot's unusable. So they go back um, and record it in a studio. It might've been the opening scene where the, the chick is like skinny dipping mm-hmm. in the ocean and, and dies when they recorded, when they dubbed that they recorded the chick screaming upwards into a mic and Spielberg pouring water
1: down her throat. <laughs> the and that's how they got that gurgly scream. Waterboarding the actress.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, but I mean, it fucking worked. They yeah, got an award yeah. for it. Sounds legit. Well, I famously can't hold my breath underwater. So. Yeah.
0: What do you say your limit is? Do you reckon it's like 10 seconds? No, immediately. I, 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 <laughs> you can't hold it. Is it just la- like the pressure freaks you out?
1: Yeah, the last time I tried it, I went down and <laughs> literally not even a second, I came back up. Oh, that's so funny. I can't, I don't know what it is. It's like, Unless I hold my nose, because that's what it is. Yeah. The pressure forces itself up my nose, and I don't know how to stop that. Where?
0: Weird. Meanwhile, the world record is like half an hour. That's it. So, <laughs> I'm,
1: if if I ever actually get in a situation where I have to hold my breath underwater, I'm fucking dead. Yeah, wow. <laughs> Back to Jaws, though. I think it's funny how you got Jaws, which is obviously one of the most iconic uh, movies ever made. Mm. Such a pop culture icon. Yeah, yeah. But it also has the biggest fall from grace for any movie, because got the first one is so huge yeah obviously you've seen the second one it's mm. it's still a movie you know like it, yeah. it's not that great it kind of rehashes just the same it's the same movie but, but yeah then you get the third the third one which falls into the 3d trap yeah has one of the like worst <laughs> has one of the worst shots in any movie ever oh if okay. you haven't seen it uh i don't even know what you'd search to look it up like jaws 3d shark breaking glass scene okay. i'll show you afterwards because it is funny okay okay. Uh, and then jaws of revenge which i've not seen but Mm. famously is one of the worst movies ever made flops yeah like there's that famous quote because it's got michael caine in it okay and he he, there's a famous quote where someone asked him if he'd seen the movie and he's like i haven't seen the movie and by all accounts it's not good but i have seen the house that it built me (laughs) so he, he was purely just in it for the money and he owns that
0: yeah wow I mean, some people, like, cringe when they have to watch themselves. Um, So, even, like, listening back to this pod sometimes, I'm like, ew, my voice. No, I'm
1: hilarious.
0: (laughs) I mean, yeah, my voice is awful, but I'm hilarious. But, yeah, I mean, seeing yourself on a big screen, like, and hundreds of people watching it, like,
1: ugh. Yeah. Talk about anxiety attack. We're recording at my house this time on Mm -hmm. my kitchen table, dining Mm -hmm. table. I'm slowly, and I just mean slowly, working (laughs) my way through all of the, what is it, the first 30 Goosebumps books that, Mm -hmm. I think, was it you or... Alex, that got it. That would have been me. Alex. Yeah. That Alex, my loving girlfriend, got for me <laughs> last year, I think, for my birthday or Christmas. And the next one I am yet to read is Deep Trouble. Deep Trouble. Yes, that's so. the one with the, like the hammerhead shark on the cover. Uh, I think it's a different cover. This, it's no, yep, hammerhead shark. Hell yeah, there you go. I think they made a Deep Trouble too as well, but I only remember Deep Trouble. There's also Creep from the Deep. But yeah, I'm gonna work my way through all of the original Goosebumps books. Hell
0: yeah. And uh, in my opinion, this is still the best shark film.
1: There are oh, so many now, but it, I'd, it's... I'd, oh, I'd my say... Favorite, my favourite. Okay, well, I'd, I'd go the opposite. I'd say it's the best made and it is the best, but it's not my favourite. Okay, interesting. My favourite we'll talk about in a couple of
0: weeks. Ooh, there's a clue <laughs> as to what what one of the next topic episodes could be.
1: There you go. Yeah, have you got anything else? No, I think that's pretty much it.
0: It's just uh, it, It's hard to talk about a film as well-known and as successful as this because, mm-hmm. like you've said before we were recording, like so much about it um, is already known and has already been discussed. So it's interesting when we sit down and we kind of talk about it from a personal vantage point of like what bits scared us as kids and like stuck with us um, as adults or what we thought, worked really well um, and even doing a deep dive pun intended (laughs) on like the way it was made and how arduous it was but some of the creative ways they were able to get shots or change the script to make it work with what
1: setbacks they encountered Mm -hmm. i just think it's so interesting how the two of us can watch sit down and watch the same movie but we both pinpoint different moments that scare us the most yeah i mean like everyone's gonna come away come away from this movie with different moments that mm -hmm. they either find the scariest or their favorite yeah sequence or something like that
0: well that's some of the most common feedback i've had about our pod in general is just that they enjoy that we disagree (laughs) that we interpret things differently and and we come at things from different angles so
1: yeah uh all right well i guess we should end this one now yeah we'll wrap it up so you can uh you can catch us every friday on uh any social media platform Mm mm-hmm and all streaming any, services any I mean Facebook and Instagram are only social media <laughs> platforms uh, listen to us on Spotify Google Play Pandora whatever the fuck you want to listen to us on except YouTube <laughs> iHeartRadio if you so desire yep catch us every week see mm-hmm. you next time we'll be right back